This episode is brought to you by my free What's Working Guide. If you want to download some tips on what is working right now in 2022 from both myself and other real-life indoor playground owners who are currently working to launch or grow their business, head to michellecaruana.com slash what's working, or simply click the link in the show notes or episode description. You'll get the free tips delivered right to your inbox. Download my What's Working Guide right now. If you own or manage an indoor play center or really any business that serves local kids and families, and you want to operate with more ease and joy all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for small but mighty tips every weekday that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play-based business. All right, so since I gave you a pretty lengthy play of the day yesterday with regards to really overhauling your frequently asked questions page and making sure it's optimized for customer retention and sales, I figured that today's episode would be perfect to give you one of those random tips that just have been floating around in my mind that I picked up along the way of my many years of owning and operating indoor playground facilities. So in today's episode, I'm going to share you 15 random things that we always kept on hand at our indoor playground facility, whether we left it out for customers or kept it behind the counter. I'll kind of dig into those when I get into the list, but if I had to categorize all of my daily tips that I give on this podcast into buckets, this episode would definitely fall under serving your customers at a very high level because once competitors start popping up, once you start prioritizing memberships and people kind of have to decide, okay, am I going to frequent this place and purchase a membership or am I going to choose the place down the street to purchase a membership at or when it comes to making those bigger ticket purchases like birthday parties, these little things make a huge difference in terms of standing out against your competition or other similar types of facilities like lodges and people's homes and things like that. So in this episode, like I said, I'm going to share 15 random things that we always kept on hand. Now, this first one might seem a little bit like a no-brainer and obvious, so I'm just going to get it out of the way right in the beginning. Number one, you should always have a variety of diapers on hand. So we would typically keep size one, size three, size five, and then maybe a couple of training pants that are meant for older children or children with special needs who are still potty training. But having a variety um, of diapers in different sizes in case somebody forgets one or in case somebody has an accident or you really never know what's going to happen. I remember one time I was at an indoor playground facility and my water bottle spilled or maybe it was a bottle or something, but it spilled and it ruined all of my diapers and I had a I had to do a diaper change. So unfortunately, that facility didn't have any in my son's size on hand. So this is just, again, goes to show you how helpful and how above and beyond it can be to have not only diapers on hand, but in a couple different sizes to accommodate different children and different needs. So what we did is we did keep a couple of each size in the bathroom, but I wouldn't recommend necessarily fully stocking your bathroom because Unfortunately, the reality is, is that a lot of people will take more than they need. So like I said, what we did is we put a couple of each size in each bathroom, and this would be one of those tasks that our employees did on their downtime. They would kind of look at the bathroom, see if it needed any more diapers or wipes and refill them as needed. But 
we did always have a ton of extra in our employee-only storage facility or in our storage uh, cabinet. So I kind of alluded to it, but kind of in this number one, I would also put wipes in there. And I highly recommend investing in a wipe carrier or something with a hard cover, because if you rely on those adhesive seals, they're going to get worn out very quickly. And a lot of people just won't take the time to close them. So that's going to that's going to result in a lot of wasted wipes for you. So definitely invest in a hard cover for your wipes. And I would definitely have them available in both bathrooms. And I would make sure to put them within arm's length of the changing table. And then something else that we that kind of falls into the diapers and wipes category as well. This didn't really deserve its own number, but we would also include travel-sized ointment. So we didn't put these out in the bathrooms because they would get stolen pretty much as soon as we put them out. But what I've seen in other indoor playground facilities is like a tub of ointment. And I don't know if it's the pandemic or if I would have always been grossed out by this, but I really can't think of anything more disgusting than sticking my hand in a diaper ointment tub and I don't know whose hand's been there. I don't know what rashes people are dealing with. So instead of just leaving a diaper ointment tub out available for public use, if somebody came up to the counter and said, hey, do you guys have any Aquaphor or something like that? I would just go to the dollar store or the local grocery store and I would always pick up, you know, around 10 or 12 travel size ones that we could hand out. And let me tell you, customers were so appreciative of this. But again, one of those things I wouldn't just leave out. All right, so number two on the list is onesies or clothes available for a purchase because a lot of times, like I said, kids will have accidents or they'll get really messy. And we didn't allow any children with, you know, completely soiled clothes to enter the play area because of food allergies and things like that. So what we would do is we would always have really affordable clothing retail items for sale. And for those customers who maybe didn't want to make an additional purchase or who were just really desperate and they didn't want to lose out on their play pass or anything like that, we would try to use our lost and found. So what we would do is if an item wasn't claimed for several weeks, you know, we did our best to try to find the original owner. We posted it on social media, but it just never got claimed. We would sometimes donate those items to Goodwill or we would just kind of take them home, wash them, keep them on hand so that if anybody needed an extra t-shirt or a sweater or leggings or socks, they would be able to just grab something from this community bin and not have to make an additional purchase. And that wasn't used as often. Usually people were very happy to spend a couple dollars on a new t-shirt for their child because they were really, really cute. And like I said, affordable, but it is nice to have this kind of lost and found community bin on hand in desperate situations. And then number three, we always had socks available for purchase. And like I said, you can always buy some plain ones for children who have an accident. I can't tell you how many times parents would come in, pay for their children's socks, and then they would get dirty or they would, you know, get them wet in the bathroom because they didn't wear the provided slip-on shoes or anything like that. So, and they just didn't want to pay for two socks in the same visit. So what we would do in that situation is we would keep, keep some branded socks that we got either at the Dollar Tree um, sorry, I mean non-branded. We would keep some just generic socks that didn't have our logo or anything like that on them from either the dollar store or Walmart or something like that. And we would just keep them on hand in these situations where parents had already paid for socks or they just couldn't afford to purchase another pair of socks and they got dirty for whatever reason. So having those generic socks was really helpful. And then number four, I always had at least one or two baby carriers on hand. So as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, we cater to families typically with 
young babies and toddlers. And I can't tell you how many times a mother would arrive with an infant and a toddler and perhaps the infant was a little bit fussy or they wanted to nap or the toddler needed a break and needed some, you know, cuddle time, but it's hard to watch multiple children while carrying one while also trying to hold your coffee or hold a conversation. So I always kept a newborn carrier and kind of like a wrap style. And then I would also keep a more structured carrier. My preferred brand has always been Kinder Pack. I would keep a couple of them behind the counter and I would just use at my discretion and hand them out if I felt like somebody needed it, or I would just offer it to borrow if somebody was struggling. Now, this is again, something I wouldn't just leave out because they're high value items and they're very likely to get stolen, but I can't tell you how much parents who just need an extra hand or are struggling or are fighting or who have kids that are fighting nap time would appreciate you just having these on hand for use at your facility. And it's always helpful as well to keep someone on staff who isn't necessarily a certified educator, right? Because we're not, you know, saying that we're providing any type of instruction or anything like that, but it is helpful to have someone who is a little bit experienced in baby carrying to just be able to help them get it on safely. And then number five, we always had a burp cloth and a nursing cover. Now this one comes with a huge caveat. I would never, ever, ever approach a nursing mom and offer her a cover because that kind of insinuates that we want them to cover up or we feel like they need to cover up. And that's just not in my business mission. It's not in my business philosophy. However, if somebody was struggling with nursing, or maybe they were having trouble latching, or maybe they want some extra privacy, and they approached me and asked if I had something to cover with, then I would absolutely provide them with a nursing cover because it's one of the most forgotten items that new moms, new parents would typically forget. So again, I would never approach somebody nursing, but it is always nice to have just an extra nursing cover on hand if somebody asks for one. And then number six, I always kept a box of breast milk storage bags. Again, this is something that people can very easily forget or moms, especially attending a longer play date or a birthday party or a class, they might not realize that they have to express milk and they might've forgotten bags or need some sort of storage item. So it's very cheap to just buy a box of breast milk storage bags and just have them on hand. And then number seven, I always made sure I had a place to store expressed breast milk safely. So I can't tell you how many times people would bring breast milk in and ask to refrigerate it or pump milk while they were at our facility and ask to store it afterwards so that they could keep it cold during their visit. But a lot of times, depending on your health department regulations, either you or your health department or your employees may not want to store it with all of your other food items that are served to customers. And especially if the child has food allergies or anything like that, I found that it was easiest to just buy an inexpensive mini fridge, very similar to what a college student would have in a dorm. And we would just kind of keep it in our office and it would serve as a place to keep employee lunches and things like that. But we would always make sure to have enough room in case an employee or a customer ever needed to store breast milk safely and away from the other items in the kitchen. And then number eight, I always had a special bin of sensory toys because a lot of you guys know my son is autistic and he has a lot of sensory needs and it's very easy for him to get overstimulated, especially in an indoor playground type facility, especially if it's loud and crowded. So I found that 
even children without sensory needs are very prone to tantrums, especially if they're fighting nap time in these types of environments. So having a bin of toys that's kind of special and behind the counter and isn't just out and available all the time, it's very helpful both for the children to kind of shift their focus and calm down, but it's also very helpful for the parents because I don't know if you've ever had your child throw an epic tantrum in the middle of a crowded place before, but I guarantee you, you know, it's a lot harder for you, the person dealing with it, than it is for anybody who has to witness it. And it can be a struggle. So if a business owner can kind of say, hey, I have this water bottle with glitter in it, or I have this cool fine motor activity or this fidget toy or this fine motor activity that your child can kind of use to calm down with, that is something that parents and children both are going to appreciate so, so much. And again, it just goes to inclusivity and being able to accommodate children of all needs, especially sensory needs. And then number nine, we always had crayons and coloring sheets on hand. Now, in a previous episode, I talked about how it's really cool to create branded color sheets and things like that, but you can even just pick up some coloring books from the dollar store. And this comes in handy in a lot of different areas. So for example, if you're on a wait and children are getting really impatient to enter the play area, being able to provide them with crayons and coloring sheets is again, a service to both the parent and the child. But also if a child just needs to calm down or if they're a little bit overwhelmed in the play area, or if their parent feels the need to pull them out of the play area for a few minutes, having something for them to do to kind of take that time away is very, very helpful. And then number 10, I always have a way to warm bottles. So we were very lucky and we had a hot water attachment on our our bun coffee maker. So what I would do is I would just take some hot water, pour it in a cup, and I would kind of swirl the closed bottle in that cup. And it would work to heat up the bottle that way because I know a lot of parents don't like to put bottles in microwaves because of hot spots, thing like things like that. But even if you don't have a, a cafe or something like that, I would... Think of a way to be able to warm bottles with, whether it's a hot water tap, you just can, you know, have the mom run it under hot water or whether you have an actual bottle warmer, just having something to warm bottles with is going to be very helpful for your customers. And like I said, it's going to go above and beyond for them. Then number 11, we always had bags to mask the smell of diapers. So we put them in our bathrooms. We had them behind the counter because I can't tell you how many times a day on a busy day we end up changing the bathroom garbages because people just aren't using them. So once we made them more readily available and we made sure we put them in as many places as possible, and we would also hand them out if somebody wanted to maybe walk outside and throw the diaper out, we appreciated that. Or sometimes they would want to take it home, or sometimes they would just want a smell-resistant bag to take a soiled outfit home or something like that. Having as many you know smell-masking bags as possible on hand is going to be very, very helpful. Now, we actually saved a lot of money by using bags that were actually meant for dog poop. (laughs) So the brand is called Mighty Paw, and they actually smelled very, very nice. And they were about 10 times cheaper than diaper bags. So again, Mighty Paw, you can just get them on Amazon or anything like that. We used to buy them in bulk and we would have them everywhere and people appreciated it so much because our facility almost never smelled. Again, once we started making them readily available. And then number 12, this one is really more for childless people or grandparents who arrive at a birthday party and maybe 
didn't wrap their gift, didn't buy a gift, or don't have a card or something like that. So we always had retail items available for purchase. We always had wrapping paper and tape, and then we always had cards for purchase. And we didn't always charge for the wrapping paper or anything like that. Again, it was just one of those serving your customers at a high level thing, but we would charge for the gifts and the cards. But I can't tell you how many times an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent would come in and say, oh my gosh, I left my present at home or I just ran a Target on the way and I don't have wrapping paper. I can't tell you how much they appreciated that. And then number 13, we always had milk and caffeine alternatives and allergy-friendly options. So I'm going to have a whole podcast episode coming up about food allergies and making sure you're accommodating those, but having as many milk and caffeine alternatives on hand as possible, especially because milk alternatives tend to be a lot more shelf-stable and they tend to last a lot longer. So that leads to less shrink and less wasted supplies. People are going to appreciate that a lot. And I can't tell you how many times people have asked me for coconut milk or soy milk or oat milk or anything like that. And having a wide variety is just going to set you apart. And then number 14, anytime we put a snack on our menu or provided a snack during a class or a party, we always kept a binder with all of the packaging and all of the ingredient lists. So we would actually tape like a bag. Let's say it was a bag of chips that we would put into our snack tray or something like that. We would actually open the box up and pour it into the snack tray. That's how we serve snacks. But a lot of times food allergy parents or parents that were maybe just a little bit more conscious of what their kids were ingesting, they would want to see the label. So we always kept every single label of everything we served on hand in a binder in case anyone needed to go through it. And that came in handy so many times. And then lastly, I would always recommend having a water cooler. Now, our health department actually required that we had a public water cooler that people could use. But again, I can't tell you how many times people would bring in a water bottle or they would need to make a bottle and they wouldn't necessarily, or we wouldn't want them like walking back into the kitchen and using our water supply or anything like that. So it was very helpful to have just little Dixie cups next to a water cooler and make that available for people to fill up. Because again, it we are charging for open play. So not everybody is going to want to buy a water bottle, but I promise you, even by offering this free water cooler as a service, you're not going to lose out on a significant amount of revenue from water bottles or drink purchases or anything like that. It just, again, sets you apart from competitors and, again, helps your customers know that you care and that you're not always looking to make a sale, that you're just making sure that they are comfortable during their visit. So I would love to know if you have anything to add to this list. So feel free to message me on Instagram if there's anything you like for businesses like indoor play spaces to have on hand, or if there was ever a situation where you were in need and you know somebody behind the counter pulled out something that was really helpful for you. I would love to add to this list and make it a little another mini episode. So please let me know. Feel free to DM me on Instagram or if you're in Playmaker Society, we can start a thread there. But those were just 15 random things that we always made sure to have on hand. And it really helped, again, increase customer loyalty for us. And it made it so easy to sell memberships because, again, our customers knew how much we cared about their experience and we were always willing to go that extra mile. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. And don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with a business friend if you really want to make my day. The best way you can show support for the show, as always, is to leave a rating and review wherever you are listening. That way we can reach other play-based business owners and make sure they join this little podcast community with us. 
because I truly believe we are better together. So dream big, write down this list of 15 items, make sure you have it on hand, and I will see you right back here tomorrow. Tomorrow.